Jill Emerson on her program this morning for her Hunter Life Aquatic was looking at shipwrecks and uh, she Evan stole your thunder. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we've got more than enough shipwrecks to share with everybody True. around our hood. She was having a chat with uh, Evan McHugh, who is the wonderful author that we met when we did the outside broadcast Absolutely. from your place by the harbour um, earlier in the year, and he's he's the shipwreck man. Oh yeah, he knows it all. I'm so impressed with him. He found a good one. They, why Why Newcastle, though? Why do you think we this particular little place was so fraught? Because not everybody was trying to get in here. Some of them were just trying to get past. Mm. Yeah. Um, combination of a few things. It was a narrow entrance to the harbour. Nobby's wasn't attached the way it is now. So they used to try to sneak through. Yeah, mm. and, and a big problem with a lot of the sailing ships is, is that nobbies used to block the wind. So when you block wind into your sails, sailing ships don't really work that well. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that in layman's sense. terms, yeah. yeah. So if you don't have wind in your sails, you lose control. Mm. You lose control and you're in deep doo-doo. You end up on the oyster yeah. bank in that case. Yeah, and some, and some of them would try and sneak in between nobbies and the mainland, which was just, I think it was like a little bit of a washing machine kind of thing. It was just hmm. water going everywhere. So so that's when Governor Macquarie in 1812 decided that he was going to lop the top off it, about 26 metres I think it was, was knocked off the top of it and then they, he built a ball. Hmm. I love Newcastle's shipwreck history. Not not all of it is tragic. There have been, of course, many mm. lives lost around the coast yep. and in our harbour. So that that's sad. Mm. Um, but not all of them have ended in tragedy. No. Some of them have had quite humorous stories attached to them. But I think it is just such a rich and fascinating I like part to, of our history. I like to think it shows sometimes the best of the human race. You know, we rescued. People went out there and rescued, hmm. put their lives on the line constantly to make sure that people on these ships were safe. And still do. And still do. You know, The equipment might have changed a little bit. But I tell you what, the weather hasn't got any less fickle. No, and it would seem that we've always been home to the East Coast low. It's just only over the last few years perhaps we've come to understand and fully appreciate giving a name to it. Yeah, and yeah, predicting it a little bit more and being able to prepare for it. I think it, hmm. I think that's important. Deb Mastello joining me from the Newcastle Maritime Centre for Local Treasures today. And you've got a chunk of one of our ships, the, yeah. the Adolph. The Adolphic. Come on, what do you want to call it? <laughs> 048, we'll make up our minds by half past two. 0487 And here's a little part of uh, Evan McHugh from Jill's program this morning. The Adolphi, which is one of these big, beautiful, four-masted sailing vessels, um, a French-built and, uh, and crewed vessel, uh, it too was trying to get into the harbour and uh, once again uh, got caught in, a, in the cross winds and cross currents. And uh, uh, and was wrecked on the oyster bank as well. Um, she was actually under tow at the. At the um, there were a couple of tugs that were actually towing her, and the uh, uh, the conditions were so rough that it, that they um, they couldn't actually succeed in getting her out, and so um, uh, she was swept onto the oyster bank. She actually the the uh, Adolphi landed on the wreck of the colonist, which is one of the things which is extraordinary. It's a bit bit like some of the sort of areas in Britain where you actually, there's so many wrecks that there are, that you, you can mine down through layers of shipwrecks. <laughs> Double-decker wrecks. Triple-decker wrecks. Triple-decker wrecks, because in fact the, um, 
uh, the, like she hit the uh, the wreck of the colonists, but the uh, the where it finally uh, sank is actually on top of the SS Wendori, which sank in 1898, and the SS Lindus that was lost in 1899, which gives you an idea of just how many wrecks and how, how treacherous that entrance could be. Once again, the uh, the Newcastle lifeboat um, um, came out, you know, huge seas that they, they went out in, and um, uh, it took them two hours, and they, they rescued all 32 of the crew. And uh, uh, it was in such a heroic effort that the uh, the French consul actually made a trip to Newcastle specifically to thank the guys from the Newcastle lifeboat for the extraordinary job that they'd done in uh, in saving that crew. Oh gosh! And now, of course, we do have that memorial to the lifeboat um, heading out. If you're heading up to to Norby's, you can see that memorial, which was installed last year. I guess they finished yeah. finished that off. But if you're over the Stockton side of the river, the Shipwreck Walk, which is an extraordinary... If you haven't done it, or you've just wandered along and not paid much attention, um, do it. Because marked along the walk is the locations of some of the shipwrecks. And I guess the the Adolphi is the one that these days we can still see most of, isn't it, Deb? Mm. And it's really interesting when you look at how much you can see compared to what we can see is left of the Cigna. And you look at the different compositions of the um, the steel in their hulls. That's true. Now, yeah. I think it might have been Sarah Cameron from Newcastle Council who said to me a couple of years ago that um, people that have been looking at the remains of the Cigna reckon maybe a decade? Possibly, yeah. That's what I've heard too, yep. So what's going to happen then? Is it What was the name of the one that um, landed down next to the soldiers' baths that we were talking about? The Mayan about? Bar. The Mayan Bar. So you had, until not that many years ago, people trying to pull bits of the Mayan mm. Bar, which came aground in, what, the 40s? 44, I think it was, yeah. Still trying to pull bits of it out of the beach. They blew it up. Only... <laughs> They stuck dynamite in it and tried to blow it up. Look, that's one way of trying to deal with it. She was a bit stubborn. Can you imagine (laughs) having to do that to the Pasha? A lot of dynamite there. Kaboom. Maybe no beach left. (laughs) What will happen, though, once you can no longer see the remains of the Cigna? Gosh. Will there be a little boy or something put there? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. You'll be over there trying to dig bits out, won't you? Now I've got enough of a... I've got enough of the Cigna. No, this is true. <laughs> we have, we've been through the whole Cigna. We can rebuild her thing, haven't we? Yep. Okay. Point is, though, that there is much more of the Adolfi that remains. Mm. Yeah, just, uh, I guess there was more oh, iron in her hole. I'm going to get that one wrong, probably. My composition, my chemistry is not that good. Yeah, but somebody will know. Someone will know. So underneath there, you've got the Adolfi on top. Mm. You've got the Lindus underneath. Hang you've on. got the Kawara one of our great tragedies. Absolutely. Underneath there, the colonist on top of the Kawara, the Wendery on top of there, and there's another couple. There's a Regent Murray in there, there somewhere as well. As well. That, that might that, be a little bit further along. The, that's just that particular pile of ships, yeah. though. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, she landed, the Adolph landed. It was one big wave. Basically, three waves did her in. Um, the first wave knocked the hawsers or the tow ropes from her, from the tugboats. The second wave pushed her towards the oyster bank. The third wave lifted her up and dumped her on it. Ugh. And that was that. And, uh, and it's one it of those things where anywhere. the papers reported that, you know, you that she gave a mighty groan. You know, the soul of her ship was gone. 
Poor thing. Yeah. The captain spent the next day just absolutely crying. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Mm. Now, you've actually, though, come in with a couple of bits from her. Yeah. yeah. Um, before, I guess, uh, taking stuff off shipwrecks wasn't illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so these, to hang on, just on that point, Deb, if a beautiful four-masted steel bark built in France were to find itself wrecked on a Newcastle beach these mm. days or another dirty great coal ship, mm. don't go pinching stuff from it. Well, I guess once it's the heritage listed, you can't do it, but mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't be getting pinching stuff off it anyway. It mm-hmm. probably wasn't safe, but I don't think we worried oh, about that in those days. All that stuff that fell off the back of the signature oh, yeah. just quietly. Well, the stories I heard about how some of these things came about yes. <laughs> and how they got into people's possessions is, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I guess... <laughs> Don't do it these days, okay? But I guess if someone hadn't actually pilfered some pieces from the Adolfi, you wouldn't have the pieces that you have come in with. One of them is a beautiful little piece that, well, they're both lovely because they're from the timbers of the Adolfi. One of them is perhaps more beautiful and thoughtful than the other. Well, yes, one of them is from the saloon and it's a bit of decoration in the captain's saloon, we believe. And it's... um. It's just gorgeous. You can tell it's been carved um, with care. Um, you know, they went to a lot of detail in these in these things. And the other piece is an ashtray that was carved much later um, from wood that was actually taken. They they think it might have been a handrail of some description. It's teak, so it was okay. Yeah. It's someone's taken a piece of the teak from yeah. the Adolfi and turned it into an ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> God bless them. That's like a Father's Day present, isn't it? Do you remember when you were little, you'd take home something like, you know, your plasticine ashtray mm. for Father's Day? Here, yeah. Dad, yeah. talk about most useless objects in the world. Yeah, absolutely. You okay. not need them at all. Now, the other piece, though, which I will just pop a photo of up on Twitter, uh, if people would like to see that, because it is quite lovely. Mm. The shape of it is, though, like the, <laughs> you ready? Like the gloriously decorative pointy bit at the front of a ship. Yeah, that bit. <laughs> How's that for a technical term? Oh, geez, Only I'm on gonna... a, on a ship there would be, you know, like um, a historical figure or um, a, you're, a, a, you're talking a, about a figurehead, a, a figure, naked lady. Yeah, or some sort of nice uniformed. Well, they always had uniformed men, character. and then they had well endowed ladies. Hmm. Anyway, you know what I mean. Mm. But that's kind of what it looks like, only it's a little piece that went on a wall. Well, on the wall, yes, well, what that's would you right. do with it? Oh, was, I think it was just decorative, really. Put your ashtray on it. Put your ashtray on it. Put your, put your martini glass on it, maybe. You could rest it on there. Yeah. Is this all we have from the Adolf? I have um, e? a couple of people that are threatening to give me bits and pieces. Really? Yeah. Um, one man has said that he'll need a trailer. Um, oh, bring that on. So, um, yeah, I've just got to figure out where to put it. I want to, I want to see what he's got. I want to see what he's got. I'm scared. No. Oh, no. Look, it, oh, it'll be fascinating. I can understand that if somebody was to say to you, hey, Deb, I've got some stuff from the Cigna. Mm. I can understand your reluctance there. But the uh, the Adolf, 19, it wrecked in 1904. What's that, 110 years ago? 110 years ago on the 30th of September. Oh, so it's very soon. Yeah. Are we going to take a little cake or something over? We could. For the 100th anniversary, because they found the bell. The bell to the Adolphus is actually in New Zealand. What's it doing there? I have no idea. Can we have it back? Well, I don't think. I think we tried at one point. It's like the Elgin Marbles, isn't it? Yeah. But what they actually did, this is actually a fascinating story because this 
this bell was covered in, you know, it was painted orange or something or other. And one day this guy decided he was going to clean it off and see what it was. And there was a swastika <gasps> carved onto it. So I think that might have been done during sometime after World War Two, when relating it to Adolf, as yeah. in Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler. Oh. Um, but then they did some, you know, more research and um, found out that it actually is the bell from the Adolf. Wow. And they bought it over here for the um, the 100 year anniversary, hmm. but uh, we haven't seen it since. Hmm. I have a romantic thing that I would love to get the descendants from the Victoria lifeboat and, hmm. the, and, the, and the tugs that mm-hmm. rescued. The hero. And the descendants of the people from the Adolf in France. And I'd love to somehow reunite them. It's just one of those little romantic things I think would be really cool. Why can't we do that? We can do that. Well, can I was, we I was thinking at least Skype. We, we, <laughs> we, could, we could take our show, the show over. We could do an OB. Excellent. From France. We can do I that. think that's a grand idea. Just having a dig around on the interwebs as well, Deb, there is my guest is uh, Deb Mastello from the Newcastle Maritime Centre and talking about the Adolfi or the Adolf shipwreck. <laughs> Here at 12.33, a photograph that's held by the State Library in Queensland of the ship, reasonably recently wrecked, I would suspect. There's a couple of people still standing. It's Caesar Carmen. It's obviously been there for a little while, but it's still intact. The masts are still up. And, um, oh gosh, when you think about that steel skeleton that you still see there today, it's Mm. pretty sobering, isn't it? It is. It is. And... It probably could have all been avoided. It was all a miscommunication. The Adolf was supposed to go to Sydney. No well, one got no one got the message to them. So it so wasn't supposed to be coming in here at all. Originally, the original plan was, and he waited out. The captain of the ship waited out to see because J and A Brown was supposed to send their tugs out because each coal company had their own tugs. Yeah, and the J and A Brown tugs never came out. So after a couple of days, they finally relented and said, okay, well, the Hero and the um, Victoria Tug from Fenwick's, I think they're from, would bring them in and then, well, you know what happened next. Mm. Okay. So, and she remains there to yeah, this day. Yeah. And it's pretty cool to go there. I, have, I don't know whether you've seen some of those pictures of the, um, you know, the boys in the, in the 50s and 60s fishing off a... Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, look, it is, there's a whole lot of romance that goes with shipwreck. Mm. even though so often it involves tragedy. Mm. Well, this one was very fortunate. Yeah. Only the ship was lost. Yeah, indeed. Okay. So it's part of the shipwreck walk, which is built on top <laughs> the break wall over there, breakwater. It really is a shipwreck walk. <laughs> it certainly is, um, because most of it is built on piles and piles and piles of shipwrecks. So you can do that any old time. Um, but it's a wonderful, a wonderful tale, sad tale, <laughs> that it never made it home. No. Thank you for bringing in some of the bits. Now, that bloke who reckons he needs a trailer to drop off some stuff. <laughs> Have you got his details? I do. Yeah? Yeah. I think there's a story right there. We <laughs> might. Do, do you know if he likes cake? Oh, I think you could probably swing him. Who doesn't like cake? <laughs> we might have to go and find out a little bit if more not, about that. If not, I'll have that. the cake. What's on at your place at the moment? Oh, we're in the middle of doing a little bit of a revamp. We've got a big immersive theatre about to go in. Well, not a big one, but an immersive theatre where we're going to... Um, Jeff Julian from the University of Newcastle is actually working on a, uh, a back then, now and the future of what Newcastle was going to look like. So okay. it's going to be pretty specky. Immersive, not submersive. Not submersive, okay. no. Because that would be bad. Probably. <laughs>
I look forward to catching up with you again very, very soon. Thank you for bringing uh, a couple of the Newcastle Maritime Centre's little treasures in to share with us. It is lovely to see that there is more than just a little bit of the steel frame of the Adolf that remains in Newcastle.